Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to agencygo.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale Your Agency. I'm on with Dan Englander of Sales Schema. He's got a really awesome company helping agencies and other B2B services companies scale their lead generation. As a fellow lead generation agency, I'm super eager to interview Dan. Dan, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Lucas, yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about Sales Schema. How did you get started? Yeah, totally. So I come from the agency space originally. I started at a random social media agency here in New York because I didn't know what, what I wanted to do. And I was like an accounts grunt back when you could just say, we do social media. And my companies were like, here, have all of our money. I answered problems about broken electronics on, on a Facebook wall back when like the, the title community manager was still a thing. I moved on from there to uh, a split kind of sales client service role in the animation space. So I was selling like animated video to the big agencies shop called Idea Rockets. So did that for years, you know, learned a lot from that. It was definitely a startup sort of vibe. And then, you know, around 2014, I, I basically took the Tim Ferriss pill and quit my job and traveled Asia. I self-published uh, a business book called Mastering Account Management about that whole, about everything that I had learned from helping this agency grow. And then realized pretty early on that like everybody wants leads. And this was like the bottleneck for everyone that would hire me in this, the consulting business that I built in a fledgling way. Uh, and that became Sales Schema. And so since, you know, around 2014, 2015, we've built it up. We started doing a lot of cold outreach to help our clients get meetings, you know, usually in mid to large companies. And since then, we've changed up a like our whole philosophy for how we think of sales and outreach and stuff, um, which I can definitely talk about. I love it. You know, one thing that I found really interesting about your website and about your brand is you have actually, it seems like, have stayed committed to podcasting. I went all the way back to the last page on your Sales Kingdom website. It says January 26, 2022 was when yeah. you launched your first, or sorry, no, it wasn't, that's the first page. Uh, yeah. Last page was March 5th, 2019. Yeah. So you've been really consistent with it. I'm looking at the dates. It seems like you've been doing it roughly every week since then. <laughs> Pretty much every week. Yeah. And it's uh, time flies. It's, it doesn't, all of a sudden it's like, whatever that is. Yeah. Three years or so since we've, right. we've been doing it. Yeah. So it's very rare, actually. I mean, surprisingly, you think people will be more consistent, but it's very rare for people to actually do that for that long. What is the one thing that podcasting has helped your agency do in terms of growth or relationships or anything? I think the the number one thing is it's it's sort of like, helps me get constant clarity and helps me sort of challenge assumptions about different things. I think there's a big tendency to be like, this tactic works, this other thing doesn't work. The way we do things is the way to do them. Uh, we hit this barrier for this reason and there's no way through this wall. And then somebody, and then I talk to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, that's that's not a problem. You, We've grown from sending out passenger pigeons, you know, like, huh, I didn't know you could do that with passenger pigeons, right? So that's probably the biggest thing. And then everything else has been just kind of gravy. You know, it's like uh, right. probably six months in, maybe up to a year in, we started getting leads from it, you know, so it started paying for the production and everything like mm -hmm. that. And I just sort of see it as like this potential for almost anything. Like 
we've entertained sponsorships. We haven't gone super far into that, but that's an option, you know, building out who, who knows what else could come from it. So that's, I think, I think it can just mean a lot of things. Yeah. I love that. So maybe we could be a little more specific about what you said, six to 12 months when you started to get leads. Do you use a tool like anchor or another tool for measuring your views on the podcast or, or streams? We, we do. I think we're probably not as sophisticated about that internally as we should be. Right. I think we're on Buzzsprout. But the main thing I look at is just uh, inbound organic inquiries that we're getting. And then from that, you know, it's more and more of I heard you on, on the podcast, you know, really yeah. like the podcast. A lot of it becomes anecdotal, but we do track it and it just sort of starts sprinkling in over time. And at this point, I'd say about 30% of our business is, is organic from the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's probably incredible. something like that. And so do you, so break that down for me, because it, I, again, very few people have nailed this I've, who I've interviewed. A lot of people are just now starting their podcast, right? But you kind of like are hipster on this because, I mean, I know it doesn't seem like it was early on, but yeah. even 2019 was technically still early for podcasts. I think it's still early. Yeah. Tell me about like, can you at least give me a sense for the kind of reach you're hitting with this podcast? Because, you know, as yeah. marketers, we obviously see everything from a conversion rate standpoint. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have, you said 30% of the leads that are coming through. So I, I'm sure you have at least a rough estimate of like how many yeah. views our streams turn into like a lead or something at least, you know? Yeah, I'll try to get into the into the numbers as much as I can. So basically we are getting, we're not getting a ton of downloads. We probably get about 2000 downloads uh, per month. We have a list that's around 3K or so. That's something I'm working really hard to grow, but it's it's been a slog. I need to figure out a new channel. Hopefully the book will help. We do a lot of Facebook retargeting, you know, so that's however many it is or Facebook custom audiences. And that's just like disseminating the episodes and that sort of thing. So yeah. that's all helped. I think that if I'm being honest with myself, though, like the thing that makes it's gotten us the inquiries, let's say, is like yeah. we're solving a bleeding neck, very tangible pain point, which is like I need leads. And, I, and also we're very niche. So I think that if we were selling like giant website builds or something, it would take a lot longer to, to pay off. So I think that that does work to our advantage. Yeah. Do you, well, and, and I had somebody tell me uh, who has over 100,000 downloads a month, uh, one of my mentors, he said that it's about six streams for every one download is what he said. So that's a pretty big reach. I mean, if you're talking about an agency's yeah. who are interested in growth, I mean, that means you're probably hitting, you're probably getting like 8,000 streams or more or 12,000 streams a month. Probably that's pretty good. I need to check it out, but something, something like that. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. Cause I mean, uh, can you, so like how many clients do you currently have in retainer? Uh, just to give you yeah. a size. Right now we have, we have about 16 clients or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are they like larger? I mean, what's the average retainer on those typically? Yeah. So right, right now, you know, it's, it's mid four figures sort of around there. And with that, you know, our clients kind of range in size. So they're anywhere from like agencies of a few people up to, you know, 100, 200 person agencies. And can I ask, have you guys crossed that seven figure run rate yet or the million dollar year? Right? Knock on wood this year. We're looking at that. it. So <laughs> I'm rooting for you. That's yeah, yeah, we, we did about, we did about 800 or so last year. Yeah. Well, I, I will say one thing that you guys, you guys are probably pretty profitable, I'm imagining, because if you're getting 30% of your inbound, you're not doing anything for those leads. Obviously, you're doing the podcast, but podcasts are pretty low cost, right? So you got a good size list, you're in retargeting. So, I mean, hopefully you're profitable in that 800,000, you're making good money. One thing I think would be really beneficial for us and also the listeners, uh, I hear a lot of people, and I kind of briefly touched on this when we first got on the call, they get really weirded out when you have two people who are kind of quote unquote competing against each other. I don't really look at it that way. Frankly, I'm always down for partnering because I look at it as I want to build a trillion dollar company. I want to build a massive company. If I want to do that, I can't, <laughs> I have to be the only company that does something at a certain point, right? I can't be like 
super similar to other companies. It's got to be unique. It's got to be innovative. So one thing we could do on this call, I think would be helpful for people is I'd love to know what it is that you think is special about your lead gen for agencies. I'll tell you what I think is special. And then that could help us because for us, and then that could help us because we could maybe try to find how we differ or what's special about each other or like what are competitive advantages in the marketplace? Because that's, that's insightful. So what do you think for yourself? What do you think is the unique edge that you guys have for lead gen? Yeah, I'll definitely get into that. I think first, it sounds like we're approaching the same problem from different angles. You know, it sounds like yeah. you're handling more of the partnership angle and we're we're looking to be a better, faster, cheaper option than hiring a BDR, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that there, yeah, there are different ways to solve the same problem. And ideally, you're doing all of the above <laughs> um, yeah. and so on. So, but yeah, if we're, if we're the Highlander, there, there can only be one. We, we could use that as a thought exercise. Um, but, but the, so to answer your question to sort of like frame it out a little, we tried the cold outreach game for years, you know, and it mm-hmm. kind of used to work when there were fewer agencies and then it just kept declining in effectiveness. And when we look at what everyone's doing to, to win new business, at least when it comes to outbound, it's essentially a version of cold outreach, whether you're like, you have this funnel or that funnel, or you want to fool yourself into thinking you're doing it in a fancy way by using the CRM or this or a million different channels. It all kind of amounts to, yelling at somebody and hoping that they have a need for an agency right now. And I'm not like saying it's dead or it never works. There's a way to make it work. But I think what we see with a lot of our clients and that sort of thing is that the market has become a lot more skeptical and a lot more sophisticated. And this happens with every single market. I have a whole book coming out on this um, called Relationship Sales at Scale, just shamelessly plug it, where, you know, it it references some of the oldest marketing books out there, like Gene Schwartz, you might know, um, who wrote Breakthrough Advertising. And basically, you know, once you get to that fifth stage of market sophistication, it's not really about information anymore. It's really about trust, right? It's really yeah. about who, who do you, and this is the same thing that you're solving through partners, which is a great way to do it. But if you're going direct to business, our whole feeling is, is you have to find a way, way to build that trust. So to get tangible, what makes us different is that we're, we're almost never going in cold. We're leveraging an existing relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we're using a personal or business commonality. Um, and so on. And a lot of that comes through not one way. A lot of that is through a lot of grunt work, a lot of list building. A lot of what we're doing is figuring out who do people already know that know people in the right accounts and then batching up that sort of, um, you know, networking at at, at scale. And that's, that's a lot of how we're thinking about it. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to agencygo.io forward slash leads to get your free lead scripts today. That's agencygo.io forward slash leads. Now back to the show. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's interesting. I think for us, it's definitely partnerships, software. I think the one thing that was, you know, finding people in other countries who can do as much output as somebody in the States, but has way more incentive because for them, 
making five thousand dollars per month is equivalent to making like eighteen thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So, I mean, just ask yourself, like, how motivated would you be if you could make $18,000 per month as a sales rep, basically? It's like, originally thought enterprises would want fully or fully U.S.-based employees. But I've realized from working with large, enormous companies, having contracts, doing really good work for them with U.S.-based employees, getting deals closed with them, and then losing those contracts just because they were also working with another vendor who could match the same performance for a fraction of the cost it made me realize that they don't care about US-based employees. I, it's been over the a year now where we've had this happen. They just don't care. They just want the most incentivized labor force and they want the most output for the cost is what I've realized. And it's uh, it's very globalistic, if that's a word. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, no, I, I buy that 100%, I think. And, and what, what we found is just in terms of the actual like mechanics of the outreach, it is hard to get meetings with somebody that's senior at a company without having somebody else that's senior being the face of the campaign. And I think that what's tough, and there are exceptions to this, is if you're hitting up like the CMO of Nike, it's going to be harder for a BDR to land that meeting, right? Yeah. Like you're going to want somebody. So, but then, but then you have this kind of like push pull of that senior person has less time and energy to do all the stuff in the sales process. So our whole thing is like, how do we use that senior person's connections to get referred, to get our clients like referred to the right places? So, yeah. but yeah, I think once, once somebody's engaged, the world is flat, basically, totally. So because we're both in the same kind of space, um, what would you say is your, like, how do you see scale on this? Like, how do you go from $800,000 to $8 million a year? What is the what is your strategy? How would you do that in twelve yeah. months? Let's say if you want to scale to that number in twelve months, what would be your strategy? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I'll let you know when I have it all figured out. But um, <laughs> my hypothesis now is is really we're moving towards a much more software driven service. So like that, that's what we're building right now. So that instead of having to have like our strategists make everything custom for each client, it's more like we're creating right now a sales engagement platform that's basically going to allow. Our, our clients to send highly customized emails at scale. So to send this sort of email that looks like it was handwritten, even though that it wasn't, um, and, and essentially pulling that stuff together. So the way that, I, that we're thinking about it, I think is actually like, I don't know if it's antithetical, but it feels a little antithetical to like what all the startups have done, where it's like the software is eating the world. It's all SaaS. We're thinking mm -hmm. of it more as like, we're still going to turn the knobs, but we're going to have the machine behind the scenes and we're yeah. still going to be the ones turning the knobs. So that's that's kind of the first thing is it's less about the demand side and like the funnel like that knock on wood right now that seems to be going well um yeah but 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 that and then and then just sort of like for me personally um i was out of the sales seat we had a really good salesperson she unfortunately left us to pursue a startup opportunity she got she actually got into an accelerator for her own startup so that was sad but i can't I mean, I can't hold it against her. I literally did the same thing almost. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the other thing is getting myself out of the, the right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is the, it's probably the most amazing experience to go through is the moment where you can see other people closing four times more deals than you were because you, yeah. you're no longer necessary. Right. So that's the, that's the dream. Let me, let me ask you too. Cause also another thing that's unique about you is not many people who I interview are writing a book that's unique to you guys. I mean, I've done uh, 80 interviews, I think so far since I launched this in uh, July. And um, you guys are the first person I've interviewed who has a book coming out. So tell me about the strategy behind that and why you're writing a book. Basically, it's it's on this, this, this philosophy that I was kind of talking about of, of relationship sales at scale. And I don't think that it's right for like everyone. You know, I think that the bigger sort of like mass market, you know, 
BDR team, like dialing for dollars thing, I think still works for a lot of people. But but our whole experience has been like, if you have a very limited market, or not a very limited, a relatively limited market size, let's say, and you're selling a complex product, a complex service, especially one like an agency service, like anything you can start from a laptop with an internet connection, it means that your market's probably, you know, in that higher level of skepticism. And again, back back to what I was saying, like in that situation, the scarce resource is trust. So our whole philosophy is, is again, like using the power of tribes and the sort of trust that goes along with the people that we know in order to get those meetings. So it's, it's a lot like what you're doing at the partnership side, just with outreach. So a lot of what inspired this book, which is something that's sort of been building up in my head for for like at least a few years, is the idea that like a lot of the best salespeople I know are already kind of doing this stuff intuitively. It just hasn't really been articulated that well. And a lot of the approaches that work really well are actually really old school. It's just the new part of it is the scale element, right? And the higher degree of personalization. So I think that what's happened is like, the numbers game dynamic is still there. You still have to contact enough people or like work these numbers, but the, but it shrunk a bit, right? So it's instead of contacting a thousand people a week, you might be contacting, you know, a couple hundred or something that at least for our little world, I think that's what's what we've seen work. So the book kind of highlights that it highlights how you can actually run with it and all that sort of thing. I love that. And uh, what's, what's the name? What are you going to call it? Uh, relationship sales at scale. If I can remember the subject, how to find your virtual tribe and, uh, and, and successfully grow your your professional service business. I might have butchered the subtitle, but I, that's <laughs> anyway. I, I love that, man. Well, wh- I have my kind of lightning round of questions here. Uh, I'll ask you just as we close out. So, what's your uh, what what any is any business book recommendations that you would uh, give to the audience? Yeah, totally. Um, lately, my favorite business book is uh, "The Road Less Stupid" by Keith Cunningham. You know that one. Uh, it's really, it's really good. I mean, I think that a lot of business books, probably including my own, if I'm being honest, are very, um, tell, are very much about telling people like what they should do and go do this, go do that. And Keith's book is more like how to ask really good questions about your business and how to formulate really good questions. And he actually has a bunch of questions to ask. And I, I, I've just been raving about this book a lot. I think, um, there's the sort of like e-myth revisited philosophy of business, which is like, get yourself out of the business, you know, this, that, and the third. And I think the Keith's philosophy is more like the bad news is like, if you're in the business, you have a job to do and like, don't lose sight of that. But the good news is, is that job, if you're CEO can mean sitting around and thinking about stuff a lot, which is uh pretty cool. So, so I, I like that one. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And what's one thing you wish you knew when you were 20? Oh man. Um, I th- I think uh, when I was 20, I was probably too worried about stuff. I think I was worried about getting stuck, like doing something that I hated or getting stuck with monotony. Um, so I, I think what I wish I knew was that just like most business and professional decisions are two-way doors and you like can always, not everything, but you can usually switch things up pretty easily and just be, it sounds cliche, but be less stressed about things. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is definitely the goal, man. Um, and what's your, uh, how, how old is the agency when you guys launched? Uh, 2014. Yeah. So whatever that is, That's, eight years. Yeah. Eight years. Nice. Nice. Um, all right. Well, you know, uh, we, that, that pretty much wraps things up with this interview. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, is there anything you can offer the audience about your book or about your uh, services that you think would be beneficial or maybe a partnership 
opportunity that you want to offer them? Anything you think would help you out and help? Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, so we have a landing page for the new book. It's just saleschema.com slash RSAS, like R-S-A-S as in relationship sales at scale. Um, I'm going to scramble to get it ready before we go live, but it's <laughs> it's almost there. And that has a bunch of resources from the book. It also has me reading the first chapter. Um, so if, you, if you're skeptical about the nominal Amazon investment, <laughs> that'll de-risk it a bit, I guess. Uh, so hopefully that, that's useful to people. And beyond that, always happy to, to nerd out with anybody. Just dan at saleschema.com is the best way to reach me. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for being on the show. For everybody listening, Dan has an amazing company, Sales Schema, that helps digital marketing agencies grow online and other B2B services businesses through lead generation and building relationships with their virtual tribe. Thank you, Dan, so much for being on the show. Love having you. Thank you. Lucas, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it.